Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by and giving a listen, hanging out with us here tonight uh, on this pretty crazy day for the NBA season. Um, for those of you who are not aware and had no idea from the title of this episode, James Harden was traded to the Nets. Um, he finally got his wish. He was traded away from the Rockets. Um, and so now he is a uh, apparently happy boy because this is what he's been wanting all season uh, and off season was to be traded from this team. So we're going to break it down. We're going to talk all about it. Um, give you my thoughts. Um, kind of let you know how I think every each team who was involved in in the trade uh ended up uh if they're better were better off or worse off um yeah it, it, yeah i mean my if you could see i mean i guess i could technically share my screen but i'm not going to do it just for this but uh my entire notes uh, my doc is all just uh screen captures of tweets um, part of that is just because that's where a lot of the information is coming from and where it was coming in when I was planning. Uh, but the other part is because I had actually planned an entirely different episode for tonight and for this week. Um, it was going to be all about, uh, if the NBA should postpone their season again due to coronavirus. Um, and my plan was to just briefly mention at the top, how, um, you know, hardened trade talks are starting to heat up again. And, you know, that uh, I think it was DeMarcus Cousins earlier today had, a, a you know, during his media time was kind of talking about how, you know, Harden has been disrespecting the team the, you know, the entire season and, and before the season even started. Um you know, seeds were starting to be sown uh, for the dissension and, and kind of reigniting of that fire, but it wasn't that bad when I was playing. I was planning it this morning at 11 a.m. I was planning the episode, so I was, yeah, like I said, I was just going to talk about if the NBA should postpone the season and then hit the hardened trade rumors at the top. Um, and I was also going to talk about Kyrie a little bit as well, which I'm still going to. Um, but then, yeah, I think it was right around 4.15, 4.30-ish, um, right before Trump was impeached for the second time, uh, Harden was traded to the Nets. So without further ado, let's hop right into this. And if you're here live in YouTube, the YouTube live stream, uh, make sure to say hi in the chat and let me know your thoughts uh, as we kind of move along here. Um, who do you think got the better... Uh, of the trade and you know uh, do you think this is a good trade a bad trade all that good stuff just let me know what you're thinking 
Um, and while we're at it, you can also let me know your thoughts on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Sports Talk to Swag. Uh, Twitter, you can follow at STWSCast. You can send me an email, swag at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, without further ado, let's jump into this. So this coming from Shams. I believe Shams was the one who broke the news of the trade. Um, I believe he beat Woj by like a minute or so. Um, but so the the full trade, and I'm just going to go team by team and who they're ending up with because this really ended up kind of being a four-team trade. Um, when you factor in the immediate trades after the Harden trade. So the Rockets come out with Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodians, Karuks, three Brooklyn first round picks in 2022, 24, and 26. One Milwaukee first round from 2022, uh, which is unprotected, which they're also getting from Brooklyn. And then four Brooklyn first-round swaps for 2021, 23, 25, and 27. The Nets come out with James Harden. The Pacers come out with Karis LeVert and a second-round pick. And the Cavs come out with Jarrett Allen and Toreen Prince. Um, and, yeah, so that's it. That's the trade. That's who, what everyone kind of... Uh, comes out with so man there's just so much to break down here I don't even know where to start so I guess we'll just go team by team um so the Rockets I think come out um in second for this trade um they get Victor Oladipo for a year um his contract is up at the end of this season so they get Oladipo um, they get Dante Exum, Rodgers, Karuks, whatever. But then they get four first-round picks and then four first-round swaps. Um, so, you know, over the next seven years, they now have eight first-round picks, uh, one of them being unprotected. Um, and moreover, uh, more importantly, I think, is that they got rid of James Harden. Um, so... Yeah, as we've mentioned, if you followed the NBA at all over the past couple months, you know that, um, you know, pretty much at the same time, Russell Westbrook and James Harden um, in the fall were kind of, they kind of came out as saying like, hey, we are not happy in Houston. Um, they didn't do it together, but it's just they both kind of said it. I'm just like, we're not happy here. This isn't like, you know, it didn't work with Harden and Westbrook. They both admitted that. Um, but they also both just kind of said that they were wanting to move on from Houston and that it was an unfixable situation, according to James Harden. Um, and they both wanted out and almost immediately Westbrook was, uh, flipped for John Wall. Uh, the jury's still out on who really won that trade. Um, as of right now, I feel like you could say the Rockets did just because they have a better record than the Wizards. Um, but yeah. And so... You know, the Rockets made a bunch of other trades as well in the offseason or moves in the offseason as well. One of them being signing DeMarcus Cousins, who was really excited, A, to just have a chance to play in a team again, and B, to be reunited with John Wall um, from when they played together in college at Kentucky. Um, and so DeMarcus, in his interview today, uh, was speaking about how he's just really interested in playing with John Wall. That was what really kind of sold him on uh signing with the rockets and um 
you know, he was saying, I, you know, I'm more interested in playing with John Wall, but the disrespect from Harden started before any of these interviews, before any of this media stuff. Um, it was from day one, you know, when DeMarcus joined the team, he had noticed the disrespect. He said, you know, just with all of his off-court antics and with, you know, skipping practices, not showing up, um, you know, to meetings, being late for practices. Um, you could see his effort in game was just not there at all. Um, especially last night against the Lakers, it was a complete blowout and he just looked entirely uninterested. Um, and you know, just, you know, like DeMarcus was saying, just kind of the disrespect towards the game and towards his teammates, um, was very apparent and continued to demand a trade. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think the Rockets come out in second for this because, again, they got a haul here. Um, they did get Karis LeVert in this trade, but then they traded him to the Pacers uh, and flipped him basically for Oladipo. Um, so some great, great return for Harden. Um, you know, I think the Rockets, you know, probably not looking at a top four seed anymore this season. Um I don't know if they were to begin with, but regardless, I think they will be in the hunt for the playoffs. We'll see, obviously, how this all works out with, you know, chemistry and, and, and all that. But I think they definitely are still a contender for a playoff spot for sure in the West. Um, so, yeah, I, I give them an A. You know, if I had to grade it, I'd give them an A. I think they really won, um, you know, are one of the winners of this trade. Um, so then moving on to the Nets, um, who all they got out of this was Harden from this trade. And if I had to grade them, I'd give them like a D. Um, I thought this was an absolutely awful trade for them. I don't know why they did it. Um, I think it would have been significantly better if they kept Karis LeVert and traded Kyrie Irving, especially because, you know, now kind of going to the Kyrie topic, uh, he also just seems very disinterested, but kind of just in the game of basketball in general. Um, you know, he's always had his antics with the media, and you know, whether that be in what he says to the media or what he tweets out, um, you know, coming into the season, calling the media pawns, and he won't talk to these pawns, um, basically saying, you know, kind of putting himself above them, really. Um, but... Yeah, you know, he's always been, had a little bit of toxicity to him. Um, I mean, obviously, he's a very, very talented basketball player, and he still showed that this season so far. He's still very gifted. Um, but it was not even like two weeks into the season, and he was already kind of making a lot of noise. And, uh, you know, there was a report that came out today that, he uh, was very angry with the Nets organization for not letting him be more of a part of their head coach decision and that he was not a big fan of Steve Nash at all being their coach. And <clears throat> supposedly his relationship with Kevin Durant has also become pretty distant um, over the past couple of weeks. So, you know, the big reason for why Kevin Durant signed in Brooklyn was that he and KD, he and Kyrie had talked about it and how they wanted to team up there. Um, and now they're there, and now Kyrie's kind of already disinterested, and he's missed a couple games already. 
uh, over the past week for quote unquote personal reasons. And we saw that, you know, video surface of him over this weekend at a birthday party for his sister, um, unmasked. So, um, you know, obviously the NBA is, is looking into that just for, in terms of, um, you know, consequences for breaking protocols. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, he's also just not showing up to games because he doesn't feel like it basically. Um, and, you know, Stephen A. Smith earlier today said that Kyrie should retire. Um, I actually was thinking this over the weekend. I was going to say um, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him retire from the game um, some point this season, if not even just like by the end of the month, um, or just to announce that he's taking the rest of the season off or something. Um, because his head just doesn't seem in it at all. Um you know, he's he's missed a lot of time the past couple of years with injuries, um, which has kind of been a theme throughout his career, unfortunately. But whenever he plays, he, he's a good contributor. Um, but, yeah, it's just he, he, he just doesn't seem to be interested at all in basketball anymore. It's not a priority for him. Um, and, you know, he doesn't owe – us anything you know I'm not trying to say this of just like retire because like I can't watch you play anymore so why are you playing but I think truly for him it'd be in his best interest as well because he just he doesn't seem interested at all uh he doesn't seem to care he doesn't you know it reminds me of a few years back um when Andrew Bynum uh was on the 76ers and then he kind of just retired out of nowhere um he was really good with the Lakers helped them win a championship in 2010 had a ton of promise, got injured, was on the Cavs, didn't want to be there at all, so forced his way out, and then was out of the NBA for a little bit, and then signed with the 76ers, and then was only there for a tiny bit, and then retired because he just said, I just, I don't have a passion for basketball anymore. I just don't, I don't really want to play basketball anymore. Um, which, you know, kudos for him to, you know, notice that and not, you know, uh, further hurt any teams or teammates, um, or himself like mentally of trying to, you know, you don't want to get burned out, um, and, you know, cause some, uh, mental anguish, but, um, yeah, it just kind of reminds me of that situation where it just seems like it's not a priority for Kyrie right now. He's pretty disinterested and, you know, he literally just doesn't feel like showing up to his games. Um, so at this point I think he needs to just take a year off or just call it quits and, and, and retire um, because, you know, this is getting a little bit out of hand and just it's just doesn't seem like a good situation anymore. Um, but anyway, so, you know, the Nets are already dealing with that right now. And now they've traded away um, two of their best young players um, and a lot of future picks for... Uh, a player in Harden who is continuing to show that he's a very ball dominant player, likes to have the offense run through him, likes to be the number one guy. Um, leaves, uh, you know, a lot to be desired on the defensive end. And, you know, he's, he's happy to be reunited with KD. Uh, I think that was kind of his goal. Uh, but they're both very different players from when they were at OKC, especially James Harden, because he was the reigning sixth man of the year when he was traded from the 
thunder uh, to the rockets. And, you know, he's a much different player than then. And so while it was fine and it worked well with KD in, in, in OKC, I don't think it's going to work in Brooklyn. I mean, we saw what happened. It didn't work with Russell in Houston. That was the same team where he was like, oh, we just want to be reunited. It was so much fun. We did so blah, 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 whatever. So they reunited and it, you know, I mean, they made the playoffs. They had the fourth seed, but like it just didn't work. Uh, I don't think anyone really saw them doing much. At least I didn't. Um, I didn't see them making any title runs with that lineup. Um, and, you know, they may make it to the finals just because the East is so bizarre uh, year in and year out in the NBA. So they may be able to make their way to the finals, which I personally don't think they will. But I still don't see them beating the Lakers uh, in a seven-game series. I I think that team is still better. I still, you know, I just, I don't see the chemistry being there at all between the three of them. I think the, the, not only with their, their games and how they play meshing, I don't see that happening, but also just their personalities I don't see working at all. Um, again, especially with Kyrie here. I think if they had traded Kyrie away um, as a part of this deal and kept Karis LeVert and had him be your go-to point guard, I think they would have had a better shot. But I still just think at the end of the day, I think Harden is kind of going to be like an Allen Iverson where extremely gifted player, um, one of the best scorers that we're witnessing right now. Um, but, you know, we'll make some playoff runs as they both, you know, have, and you know, as Allen Iverson did and as James Harden continues to do. But Harden's never made it to the finals. I don't think he ever will. Allen Iverson dragged the 76ers to the finals in 2001. Um, but, you know, that wasn't a great Eastern Conference at the time, and they lost 4-1 to the Lakers. Um, and Allen Iverson was kind of, he kind of refused to to give up anything in the sense of like he wasn't going to change his style at all or kind of, I don't want to say he wasn't going to change his personality because you can't ask that of someone, but he wasn't going to budge at all. He was just, I'm going to play the way I play, um, and you deal with that and you work around that. And I think Harden's the same way. And, you know, again, both, you know, fairly controversial figures in and of themselves, um, but both pretty beloved and respected for their talents, but they're just not winners. They don't have that uh, X factor to become uh, champions. Um, and so, you know, maybe Kevin Durant is able to to pull them into the finals and, and carry them over the Lakers uh, or whoever makes it out of the West, but... I don't know. I just don't see that happening. I just I don't think this team got better with this trade. I think the Nets got worse with this trade. I think they by far were the biggest losers of this trade, and I don't think they needed to make this trade. Um, it seemed like they were almost bailing the Rockets out, which was just totally unnecessary of them. Um, so that's my thoughts on the Nets for this trade. Um, and then next up is the Pacers, who they come out on top with Karis LeVert and a second-round pick. Um, and all they had to do was dump Oladipo on the Rockets. So I think the Pacers get an A+. I think they come out the top winners of this trade. I think they're number one here because 
the Pacers are already in a good situation where they have a good record so far. I mean, we're still only 10, 11 games into the season, but they are, um, I think a lock for a playoff spot in the East. They were at the time. Um, Sabonis is playing out of his mind and is in the running for most improved player of the year already and is looking great. Oladipo was playing well for them. Um, but overall, you know, Miles Turner leading the league in blocks right now. Um, they were looking good. They were looking good. And obviously they were having their own, their own little bit of drama with Oladipo with, you know, consistently wanting to be traded, but then every time it comes up, he denies it. But then we're hearing stories of him literally going up to every team after their game saying, let me play with you in front of his teammates. Um, but then he's continuing to deny it. He's in the last year of his contract. So it's like, are they going to be able to trade him or are they just going to let him walk in free agency? Um, but what they end up being able to do is they flip him to the Rockets for Karis LeVert and a second round pick so now instead of, you know, they basically, f they traded one year of Oladipo for the rest of Karis LeVert's contract in a second round pick. So I think they absolutely come out on top here because, you know, it was just, they got the best of both situations. You know, you had Karis LeVert who was out of Brooklyn, uh, didn't know exactly where he was going to land because we knew there was going to be a third team involved and everything. So he's out of Brooklyn. So he's somewhere. You know, they have Oladipo, who it's one of those situations where if you can't find a trade for him this year, you're going to lose out because he's going to walk in free agency and you're not going to get anything in return for him. So they flip his last year of his contract for Levert's contract, which is still his rookie contract, and he has, I think, at least two years left on it. There's a fairly high likelihood that he's going to want to resign with the Pacers because he's going. I think he's going to have all the room in the world to shine here and prove his worth even more so than he did in the bubble last year. Um, and I think the Pacers are going to pay him. Uh, and that's a good young team with him, TJ Warren, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. Like, that's a that's a lock for an Eastern playoff spot, if not a top-four seed as well. Um, and my prediction, actually, uh, I, I said this earlier on Twitter today, and it may be bold, and it's definitely – really early, but I think that the, I said the Pacers are going to be the ones to bump the nets out of the uh, playoffs in like the second round. Uh, Cause I just don't have any faith in these nets. Um, but these, this Pacer team, I like, I think they're going to be sneaky good in the playoffs. I think they're going to surprise us. Um, if they're, if they're able to stay healthy throughout all the playoffs, I think this is going to be, they're going to be the sleeper for the East. Um, I don't think they're going to come out of the East, but I think they, are a sleeper pick to make it out of the East. Um, so they are, they come out on top of the trade for this and they get an A plus. Uh, and then finally we have the Cavs who um, they traded out Dante Exum, um, Karutz, and I think that may have been it. Uh, and they got, Oh, and a, in a, in a first round pick um, I believe. And they get Jared Allen, Torian Prince in return. Um, Torian Prince, I don't want to say I'm indifferent about, but, um, you know, we'll see. With a Cavs team like this, you know, maybe he'll have time to shine and, and to grow and mature in his game. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't think he's a bad player. Just he's not a superstar. Uh, so, you know, 
decent return. But then with getting Jarrett Allen, I think is huge because a he's still only 22 and you got him for a second round pick or first round pick, whatever one future pick uh, you got Jarrett Allen who uh, could be a starting center on like 25 NBA teams right now and could be the center of a lot of trade packages. And he's kind of just tossed into this one. Um, you know, Cavs not a super <clears throat> well, no, you can't say that because this year I think the Cavs are a super exciting team, actually. I was gonna say that they're not a super exciting team, but they had the best record for a while there. They're still um towards the top of the East right now. And I'll I'll get to them in a little bit, but I think this the other side of the point I was gonna make is that this also now uh, kind of confirms that they're going to move on from Drummond after this year. I believe this is a contract year for him. And, you know, there were questions surrounding whether or not the Cavs are going to resign him to most likely a max deal is what he's going to command in the market. Uh, and it looks like now they're going to move on from him, whether that be them trying to trade him in the last year of his contract or they just let him walk over the summer. But I think getting Jarrett Allen in this trade kind of solidifies that they're going to move forward with him. Um, so overall, I give them an A as well. I think every team in this deal, except for the Nets, comes out with at least an A, if not an A+. Because um, they gave up barely anything, and they get Jared Allen, Torian Prince in return, uh, which just makes them even more exciting. Um, so yeah, I think they come out third uh, in, in this deal. And so that leads me to another point now. Um this tweet coming from the Hoop Central. Um, right now, the Cavs have Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, Jared Allen, Larry Nance, JaVale McGee, and Thon Mager all on their roster. That is six big men on their team. And one, two, three, four, four. I don't know much about Thon Maker. So four, maybe five of them being traditional big men too. Kevin Love being the only guy who's a stretch who can shoot the three um, and has a good mid-range game as well. Everyone else on that team is a back-to-the-basket uh, rim protector player. Um, so that'll be interesting. They're definitely going to move on from a, a – I think they're definitely going to move on from Drummond. I think they've been trying to move on from Kevin Love for a while. We'll see what happens with that. They may just end up holding on to him now, um, you know, to kind of be a, like a, more of a mentor at this point. Um I would imagine they're probably end up moving on from JaVale um, and try to keep on Larry Nance as well. Um, but yeah, it's just that that's definitely an issue that they have now though, is that pretty much half of the roster is all big men. Uh, it's a little, little crowded down there. Um, all right, moving on. Let's talk about this Nets roster. So as of now, since the trade has happened, actually, I guess this is as of about two hours ago. This is what the Nets roster looks like. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, Jeff Green, Landry Shamit, Tyler Johnson, Timothy Luawu Cabarro, Bruce Brown, Vic Claxton, Reggie Perry, Chris Giazza, and Spencer Dinwiddie. And I believe Dinwiddie is out for the year with injury, if I remember correctly. I don't think he's playing. Um, <clears throat> so 
again, when you look at the roster, it's like it's not a bad roster because obviously you have the three superstars when you're just looking at name power and their individual skills. KD, Harden, Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, one of the best three-point shooters in the league, Jeff Green coming off of a good uh, kind of rebound year last year with the Rockets, Um, Landry Shamit, who I'm still very high on as an up-and-coming guard, um, two-way player, Luau Cabarro, who had a great uh, bubble, and then the rest are kind of indifferent. Um, But I don't know, just when you look at that roster, I liked it better before the trade. I liked having Levert and Allen on that team. I think Jared Allen was on his way to replacing uh, DeAndre Jordan in the starting lineup. But... Um, sorry, I am getting distracted right now, and I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it anyway just to make sure. Okay. Um. Anyways, he was on his way to replacing DeAndre Jordan in the starting lineup because he was continually outplaying him off the bench. Um, and DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan's just getting older. Um, but now you have to start DeAndre Jordan because who else are you going to have from that roster I read be your starting center? No one. Um, and then who's your starting power forward? So you have Irving at the one, James Harden at the two, Durant at the three, Jeff Green at the four, Joe Harris at the four, and then DeAndre Jordan at the five. Like, I don't know. I, I know that different teams have been able to experiment with and 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 succeed with small lineups, but I don't know. This is just a, I don't know. It's just a weird lineup. I don't like it. Uh, again, I already talked about the chemistry issues I foresee happening and just looking at this roster further proves that to me, at least. Um, they also don't have a backup point guard now. I mean, you have Tyler Johnson, but like that's a significant downgrade from Karis LeVert. Um, your backup small forward is Timothy Lualu Cabarro. I don't know. It's just like your bench is just not looking great anymore, and it was looking really good before this trade. So that's uh very interesting. Um, what else do we have here? Oh, I was going to mention something else. What was it? Um, oh, I think I was going to talk about the Cavs starting lineup, but I don't remember it. So anyways, um, here's another tweet from, uh, Kurt Heelan of uh, NBC who he says, I wrote about this the other day and I wasn't alone with Harden traded. A lot of GMs will be watching the Bradley Beal situation in Washington. And by watching, I mean circling like hungry sharks who smell blood in the water. And this was really interesting to me because I hadn't even thought about this with this trade happening. Um, We've kind of forgotten and moved on from all the, I don't want to call it drama, but intrigue uh, with Bradley Beal in Washington. Um, you know, we knew that it wasn't really going to work out and that Washington didn't want to hold on to both John Wall and Bradley Beal. And you figure they want to build around Bradley Beal because he's still, you know, a player of the future, um, kind of in his prime right now. But he, he, he's been fairly silent about it too and hasn't, had, hasn't said much, um, definitely hasn't 
complained or said as anything like James Harden has or did. Um, but I feel like it's fairly obvious that he should want out and that he would want out. I mean, they have the worst record in the NBA right now, or at least they did a couple days ago. Um, he's playing with Russell Westbrook now, and he's still scoring like 40 to 60 points a game, and they're losing by like double digits. Um, he just has no help whatsoever. Uh, I, I was right in thinking that Westbrook was no different than John Wall, and it's just not a good fit for him. Um, and so it's interesting now seeing that with Harden's situation and all that he was saying and doing and that was happening there, and now he was able to get traded and get his wish. You would imagine we'll probably see the same thing with Bradley Beal in Washington. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at least. Um, it'll be for, you know, create for some great intrigue um, and, you know, interesting storylines moving forward. We'll see if anything heats up, but don't be surprised to see the rumors for Bradley Beal start to heat up pretty soon, especially if they continue on this bad season they're having. Um, you know, this this creates a lot more precedent for him to be traded and get his kind of wish as well of like, I don't want to play for this team anymore. It's just not working out and I, I want to be traded. Um so that's a very interesting kind of fallout from this trade, uh, which I don't know if a ton of people are really kind of talking about or, or, or thinking about. Um, here's an interesting tweet from Mark Spears um, of ESPN, who says, In 2013, the Nets acquired Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry, among others, for three unprotected first-round picks and a pick swap, which turned into uh, the Celtics getting James Young, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum after another swap, and the Colin Sexton pick for the Cavs that they traded for Kyrie Irving. Um, so it, just a very interesting uh, look at some, some of the fallout of the trades that the Nets have made uh, where they're giving away a lot of future picks um, first round picks for um, talent that is a little bit older. I'm not going to say that James Harden is like on a decline and is old now uh, because he's not, and I don't believe that. Um, but he's not 22 anymore. Um, and so it's just interesting seeing, you know, the Nets did this eight years ago where they got Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry from the Celtics, who, you know, Again, the media was losing their minds of like, oh my gosh, the starting lineup with them and Joe Johnson and Darren Williams and Brooke Lopez. Like, this is a finals team for sure. Like, who's going to stop them? Um, and first of all, that team ended up being trash, and I don't think they even made the playoffs. Um, but they gave up picks and made pick swaps that turned into Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for the... Uh, Celtics and Colin Sexton for the Cavaliers who have all turned out to be fantastic players for their respective teams. So it's just interesting to see that and kind of history repeating itself a little bit um, in the Nets kind of uh, uh, hoarding all these future picks and then just dumping them for um, big names. Uh, where it's just, you know, 
obviously you can never predict the future and see that any particular pick is going to be worth it. Um, but, you know, we're seeing here that those picks turn into Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Colin Sexton, who I think the Nets would love to have any of those guys right now. So just interesting to see. Um, and then one more tweet that I had here that I wanted to mention um, coming from the Hoop Central again. And they're saying, you know, obviously with the Rockets losing Harden, people's instinct is going to be like, well, they're not as good of a team anymore. And they may not be. Um, that's a big loss, you know, losing someone like James Harden, regardless of how the team was performing or how the chemistry was turning out. But when you look at their lineup right now, they're still fielding John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Christian Wood, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Gordon, and P.J. Tucker. Um, still a quality team there. Uh, they're still looking good. Um Obviously, again, like I said, you know, hard to tell how they're going to work out. You only have Oladipo for a year guaranteed, so you don't know what's going to happen with that. Apparently, the trade market is heating up again for P.J. Tucker. Um, but, you know, John Wall playing healthy and like his old self again. Oladipo in a new situation where, you know, you could get a uh, Paul George in OKC or Kawhi in Toronto kind of reinvigoration. Uh, for his career in Houston here. Christian Wood, who is outperforming so many people right now that are getting way more money than him. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, who, again, healthy and reinvigorated and determined. Uh, they're still a good team, and that's why I said at the top of the show that I think the Rockets are definitely still a playoff contender um, and can definitely make a run for the playoffs. I don't know. How deep of a run they can make, who knows? We'll see. But I think they're definitely still a playoff team. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That, that Again, there was just so much to talk about with this trade because there was so much fallout of it because um, it wasn't just you know one player for another one. That was kind of nice about the John Wall, uh, Russell Westbrook trade. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think... If you're looking at just kind of the Rockets-Nets portion of it, I think the Rockets absolutely come out on top here. Um, but then again, I think the Pacers are the real winners here who gave up virtually nothing and got Karis LeVert in a second-round pick. Um, and and the Cavs as well, getting Jared Allen and Torian Prince for basically a pick. I, I don't want to say that Victor Oladipo was nothing to the Pacers, but like you knew he was gone at the end of the season, and here's your guaranteed return. Because who knows if you would have been able to make a trade for him this season. Um, but now you're able to include him in a package with a third, fourth team. Um, so I think that worked out perfectly for them. Again, the Cavs, very interesting. I think they're still looking. Let's see if we can see um, Cavaliers roster. Actually, let's go to Twitter here because that's probably going to be more up to date. I don't think their actual website's going to have much. Um, if I haven't already uh, welcomed you, welcome to uh, Sports Talk Swag where we Google things live on the air. Um, okay. Cavs roster. Now let's see if we can find what the roster is looking like now. All right, so the Cavs right now, 
Oh, this is just making another joke about all their big men. Come on now. Come on. No one? No one just saying what their roster looks like now? Let's take out the word roster then. Maybe that's slowing us down. I just want to see who they have now. Like, what's their starting five? Here we go. Oh, nope. Jeez, there's just more jokes about them having all big men. Dang it. Cavs young core. Darius Garland, who's 20. Kevin Porter Jr., who is 20. Isaac Okoro, who is 19. Colin Sexton, Colin Sexton, who's 22. Jared Allen, who's 22. And Dylan Windler, who's 23. Um, yeah, I think that's about all that I can see of this. Um, Which is really unfortunate because I wanted to like go into that because I think the Cavs, you know, secretly did really well, um, you know, with this trade. But oh well, can't find anything. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I, I yeah. Yeah, there's just so much to talk about. I don't know if I hit everything. Um, but I definitely wanted to just get an episode out talking about this trade because it was blockbuster. It was a long time coming. Um, yeah, I, I think overall, I think the Cavs right now look like they're in the hunt for a playoff spot. You know, it's the East. Anything can happen. And I think this trade only helps them. So I think they'll still be in the hunt for a playoff spot. I already talked about the Rockets with that. The Nets, I think, will definitely get a playoff spot. They'll be a top four seed. Um, but I think they're going to get bounced out early. I just don't think the chemistry is there. Um, and we don't even know if they're going to have Kyrie by the, by the time playoffs come around. Um, and who knows what the chemistry is going to look like. Pacers, I think, are going to be uh, make a, a deep playoff run. I do. Uh, I think they'll make it to at least the second round. Um, and potentially be the ones to bounce the nets out. Um, so yeah, we'll see what else happens. Um, be, you know, kind of on the lookout to see if the Cavs make look to move any of their big men that they have now, because they do have a multitude of them. Um, don't be surprised if we see Bradley Beal rumors heating up again uh, in, in the coming weeks. Again, especially if their record continues to uh, not improve. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, at the end of the day, as bad as I think this trade was for the Nets, I'm still excited to watch them play and see this happen because it's either going to be really awesome or like hilariously bad. Um, I think they're playing the Knicks tonight, but I doubt Harden is, you know, available for that game. I don't think Kyrie is playing either. I think he's still kind of absent, but yeah, I definitely want to see the first game that Harden plays for the Nets and just see what the chemistry looks like between him and KD. Um, and also just I'm curious to see kind of the fallout of all this, especially with all the Kyrie stuff with Steve Nash as their head coach. Um, 
see if, you know, any more rumors come about or if there's any more butting of heads because it seems like he and Kyrie are already butting heads or at least Kyrie just doesn't like him and that's never a good sign for a first-year coach um, when you have superstars like him and like Harden as well. We'll see how he likes playing with him, but he's reunited with uh, D'Antoni in Brooklyn, so, you know, We'll see how that goes as well. Um, it should be a similar uh, offensive scheme that the Rockets had last year uh, and previous years when D'Antoni was coaching Harden. Um, I mean, you now have Chris Bosh as a and Amari Stoudemire as coaches on the Nets with like no big men for them to coach <laughs> and mentor. So that'll be interesting. See what that amounts to. But anyways. Um, I think that's going to pretty much do it here for the episode. Um, I don't want to ramble and go on and, and talk about anything unnecessarily, but again, I just wanted to break down this trade, give you my thoughts and everything. Um, so again, make sure you're following all the socials that I plugged earlier. Um, make sure you follow the podcast on Spotify and any other, um, you know, avenues that you can listen to podcasts and leave a rating wherever you can. I would very much appreciate that. Or I'm going to demand that you be traded uh, from my listener base. Just kidding. Never leave. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening and hanging out with me and, uh, I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. It's sports talk with Swear.